Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Yon McCool, Cullen, Deirdre, all the sorrows grow on your wail. From giants right down to fairies, of both the trooping and solitary, and those who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, Mero Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside we take a story from folklore or mythology, retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I am your host and your Fireside bard. Welcome to episode 97 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast we return to the world of the Fianna and we tell the story of Fionn McCool in the old man's house. But first, I'm back. I can't believe I'm saying that. Not back from taking a break or anything, I am back recording from home in my mobile studio. I cannot believe it. It, this is what I did over over the first lockdown here in Ireland for the first few months. I was recording from home, and then I was able to go back into the Headstuff Podcast Network studios. But now, with Level 5 announced in Ireland and restrictions back in place, Headstuff was forced to close its doors once again. And so I'm back recording from the mobile Travelling Bard Studio, which I'm very fortunate to have. I'm delighted that I can do the podcast still at a substantial quality from home. It's very rewarding to be able to know I can do that, like I was able to when I was on tour in America last year. It's great to know that I have the facility to and the equipment to do it. But it is just, it's it's hard not to feel like a step backward again to be back recording from home uh, just when we thought we were out of the woods. But it goes to show we, we really aren't. But... If uh, if we all, if all of Ireland does respect the restrictions over the next six weeks, we may actually be able to salvage a Christmas out of it. So it is for the greater good. And the good news is, of course, that it means that Fireside will in no way slow down. We will still be writing, recording every, and releasing every single week throughout the pandemic and beyond. And I hope that you are a new listener listening in a year's time, as I said seven eight months ago i hope you're listening in a further year's time and we are finally out of this deep dark wood with that i would like to give you a big welcome to any new listeners any record recurring returning listeners you're all very very welcome thank you so much for your continued support Please do follow me over on Instagram at Fireside Bard, all one word. It is the best place to get in touch with me if you want to get in, if you want to just say hello or let me know about what you like or don't like about the podcast. I always love the sense of community we're building over on Instagram. Uh, contact me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com if you wish to, if you don't have Instagram or if you don't aren't on social media. 
And if you really want to support the podcast, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash fireside podcast where you can join our ever growing list and a community of very loyal benefactors. Want to give another big thank, big shout out to our most recent patrons for this week or this month, which is Shane Connolly, Alex Hanley, and Stephen Reno. I just wanted to give a shout out. There was, I'm not going to name them, um, but if you are a patron who subscribed, in the last week, there was a patron who subscribed and then deleted the pledge immediately. Now, I don't know if you just did that and thought, pledged to Fireside and then thought the better of it and decided you didn't want to or weren't in a position to. Or you might have thought that if you click subscribe and then click unsubscribe, it will, it still takes the money out, but it doesn't. It does, it, Patreon only takes the subscription out at the end of each month. So you have the full month to decide. Just if you are that listener out there and that's what you thought has happened, that is um, that is what happened. But I won't name, and there's no shame, and if you were just, if you did just subscribe and then could decide you couldn't, that is also totally fine. But just a heads up if you hadn't realised that. But the Patreon is there entirely as an egalitarian model of soundness. Um, it is not going to stop my output of this podcast. It's just helping build the larger world of Fireside outside of it. As I've been saying, I haven't touched any of the Fireside earnings in the Patreon. It has been slowly building, particularly over the last year. And now we're starting to have a bit of a kitty together to take Fireside to the next level. I'm telling all the patrons about it over on the Patreon. And I will be able to announce before Christmas the plans, the next plans to take Fireside to the next level and establish it properly as the empire I want it to become. But before that, we'll have to get down to our story in our second lockdown. We're going to get through this, folks, and I love hearing from each and every one of you about Fireside being some small comfort to you in these increasingly strange and difficult, difficult times, and I hope you all enjoyed the Halloween special last week, and I want to give a thank, special shout-out to RTE, uh, the RTE Lifestyle, for featuring Fireside as its top five it's number one, I would like to say, in its top five podcasts to listen to over the Halloween break. Those kind of things really help when you're an independent podcast, you know, being included on lists, trying to reach as wide an audience as possible. And they're just great quotes and great links to have to attach to make you feel like, you know, like you have more to, to show. So thank you very much to RT and, uh, for featuring us on that the story for this week, can you believe it? We are meeting, we are returning to Fionn McCool, the very place we began, where we spent so much of, uh, actually the time I was in America, we are now returning. So two weeks ago, we had the story of Thor in the Land of Giants. I teased out that that was almost a two-parter in that I read Thor in the Land of the Giants in Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology book when it came out a few years ago. Brilliant story, really has a lasting impression. And then a couple of years later, I was sent a link by a friend to a harpist and storyteller called Robin Williamson. Not to be confused with Robin Williams. He's, uh, he was a Scottish a Scottish harper and storyteller. I want to listen to more of his stuff, actually. I haven't listened to too much more of his stuff. But he sent me this link of Robin Williamson playing this piece on the harp and telling this story. And the whole time I'm listening to it, I just telling myself I know this from somewhere 
And sure enough, I realized that it was actually the story of Thor and the Land of the Giants, just with uh, Fina Fionn McCool's skin over it. But it's not the exact same. And so I wanted to tell both versions of the same story to see how the same kernel can become two very different pieces of popcorn, to use an original but probably very bad metaphor. Because I love both versions for very different reasons, and they don't actually have any literal crossovers, but it will become very clear that they are from the same story, and it isn't just a wallpaper. They are the same kernel, but just very different end products. And I hope you enjoy it. We'll talk a bit more afterwards, but this is Fionn McCool in the old man's house on Fireside. Fionn McCool in the old man's house. Once the great hero Fionn McCool was out hunting with his loyal band of warriors, the Fianna. Fionn had tasted the salmon of knowledge, which gave him all there was to know. If ever he had a problem, he would simply stick his thumb in his mouth and would know the truth. He had defeated Alain the Burner and had been declared the leader of the Fianna, overthrowing and earning the loyalty of Gull MacMorna, who had killed Fionn's father, Cool. Fionn had loved and lost Sive, his one true love who had been turned from a Tour de Danon princess into a fawn, back into a princess, and then back into a fawn again. Fionn had lost Sive, but had found by her his only son and heir, Oshin, the bard of the Fianna. On this particular hunting trip, Fionn was growing old in legend and in years. It was late, and most of the Fianna had set up camp for the night already, except for three. Fionn, Conan Mal MacMorna, and Dermot O'Devna. Folks may remember Conan Mal MacMorna, or Conan the Bald, as the brother of Gull MacMorna, leader of Clan Morna, and rival turned ally turned rival again of Fionn McCool. Well, Conan was bigger, meaner, and balder than his brother, but was nevertheless loyal to the leader of the Fianna. Since Fionn and the two Morna brothers had been trapped at the hostel of the Quicken Trees, where due to an enchantment, Conan Mal had the skin ripped off his back and replaced with the wool of a sheep. Since that time, once a year, Conan had to be routinely shaved, and the wool from his back was used to keep all the Fianna warm for the winter. Dermid O'Divna, or Dermid of the Love Spot, so-called because of a birthmark on his forehead, which when any woman saw, they would instantly fall in love with him. He had not yet run off with Fionn's bride-to-be, Gráinne, and so had not yet fallen out with his best friend and loyal commander. Dermid, Conan Mal, and Fionn McCool would not quit, and hunted deep into the forest and late into the night beneath the glow of the full moon. When Fionn finally decided that they should cut their losses, the three warriors found that they were well and truly lost. There was not a sign of a fire's light from the campsite, no smell of cooking meat, no sound of laughter or song. 
We will have to find somewhere to stay for the night, said Fionn. I'm not going into any more hostels, said Conan Mal. We'll find somewhere safe, reassured Fionn. Diarmuid, as the youngest of the three, scouted forward in search of lodgings. Like clockwork, he came sprinting back. I've found a cottage. Lights on, smoke coming from the chimney. Looks inviting, said Diarmuid. Sounds too inviting, said an unreassured Conan Mal. The heroes approached the cottage, and Fionn knocked on the door. There was no answer. So Fionn presumed and walked inside. Once they were across the threshold, the three heard the voice of an old man. Ah, there they are, the three heroes, traipsing around the forest, hunting and killing and eating whatever they please. Now you just walk into my house unannounced. Neither Fionn nor any of the Fiona were at all used to being spoken to in this manner. My apologies, sir. I assure you I did knock. Never mind, never mind. Come inside and close that door and keep that cold out. Dermot dutifully obeyed. The three approached the warmth of the fireside, where they found the old man, as old a man as any of them had ever seen, who was gently stirring a pot. You're just in time. I was just about to make dinner. Goat stew. I confess we are hungry this evening. We've been hunting all day and have had not much luck, said Fionn. Not to worry, not to worry, said the old man. Just do me a favor and tether that goat for me and bring him here. What goat? began Conan Mal, and before he could wait for an answer, all three turned to see an angry white goat galloping, kicking, and bleating around the room. That goat said the old man with a wry smile. It should be no problem for heroes like you. The old man handed Conan Mal a piece of rope and left the room. A flustered, frustrated Conan Mal took the rope and approached the goat, but try as he could, he could not catch it. He might grab a hoof or a horn, but the goat would just as easily slip his grasp. Conan was stubborn and would not stop trying until Fionn turned to Diarmid and said, Diarmid, you put an end to this embarrassment. Diarmid stepped in. He was younger and faster than Conan Mal. After Fionn, he was the best fighter in the Fina, yet even still he could not tether the goat. Fionn eventually had to assert his leadership by trying himself, but even he did not succeed. The old man returned to the room to the three angry, sweaty warriors and one very excited goat. He took the rope from Fionn and, like a rigged carnival ring-toss game, lassoed the goat and brought it to heel. The three warriors could not speak with astonishment. Later, when the meal was prepared, the warriors were served their food by a young woman. As she often is in stories such as this, she was the most beautiful any of them had ever seen. 
Even Fionn, who had only ever had eyes for his beloved scythe, had to admit the beauty of this young girl. As the Lothario, the Casanova, Dermid approached her. His fringe was hiding his love spot, but it was ready to be brushed aside. Dermid said to the girl, I am Dermid Odivna, and truly it will have been worth getting lost in the woods tonight to have seen your face. Perhaps the gods have brought us together for this one full moon. But the young girl looked at Dermid in disgust. You don't recognize me, but you had me once, and it's little you cared for me then. Now, I don't belong to any of you, and there's not one of you that wouldn't give anything to have me again. With that, the young girl left the room. Not one of the three heroes slept that night. They could not fathom how none could tether the goat, and Dermot had not been rejected by a girl since he had hit puberty. Before leaving the old man's house the next morning, Fionn McCool approached and said, Why did you speak to us as you did when we first arrived? And how is it that you could tether that goat when none of us could? And who is that girl who says she was once ours, yet not one of us has ever seen her before? The old man conceded, All is not as it seemed last night. You three spend all your time hunting, spending time you will never get back. That girl's name was Youth, and it's little any of you cared for her while she was yours, and she'll never be yours again. The goat was named the World, and none can control the world but me and my name. Is death. The end. Folks, as you all know, Fireside is a proud son of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts and a loving home for the creative and indeed the curious. There are so many other podcasts I could recommend to you on the network, some of which inspired me to approach Headstuff myself. Here's a taste of one you might enjoy. Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Porig, and we host the Behavioural Vaccine Podcast. We're behavioural scientists who met through improv comedy. And so each week, we bring the two things together to explore how behavioural science can be applied, but in a fun way. There's a little bit of research. There's a good bit of messing. And there's loads of practical tips on everything from how to save money to how to maintain your friendships. Think about this like a behavioural vaccine to get you through winter 2020. Go on, sure, give us a listen. And that was the tale of Fionn McCool in the old man's house on Fireside. And I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, delicious, delicious little tale now. See, I've no, I've no doubt that the Norse version of this story, the far, far better known version, was the original of these two, at least. You know, there may have been other stories in other cultures 
for example, it's something that I didn't talk about at the time, but when I did it, uh, the story of Bikru's feast and the trial of beheading where the creature comes to challenge Cullen to chop off his head and to have him do the same thing. I never realised that that, any British listeners may be familiar with the story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, which is one of the oldest texts in English literature. It's up there with, with Beowulf and like earlier than the Canterbury Tales and everything. And that is the same story as that, that uh, is the trial of beheading. And I've no doubt that Sir Gawain and the Green Knight probably came first there and was repurposed as a later neo-myth of Cúchulain when these stories were written down for the first time in the 10th, 11th, 12th century. And we probably have a similar case here. So the Norse myths were written down by Snorri Sturluson, or Snurluson, an incredibly Nordic name. And he wrote, wrote the Prose Edda, which is one of the great medieval texts of all time in any culture we're so so lucky to have it and it's why the Norse myths exist in such a beautiful full form and they are complemented by the earlier work the poetic Edda which Snorri based much of his works from so we have those two very much gospel texts for Norse mythology and the story of Thor in the land of the giants features in that but it is thought that Thor in the land of the giants was quite late tale to be adapted so obviously Snorri was adapting was writing the prose Edda in the 12th or 13th century so hundreds of years after the conversion to Christianity and it's thought that Thor in the land of the giants was a later tale a post-Christian Norse world tale because Thor and Loki are perceived closer to mortals as great as their deeds are in that particular story And so I don't know when exactly this became a tale of the Fianna because I haven't been able to find a written text for it. I adapted this from this audio recording of Robin Williamson, which I owe a great debt to and to my friend who introduced this to me. But what I love about it is it, never crosses quite the same territory. So we have, let's start with the similarities. First of all, we have the two main things, the three the three heroes um, trapped in a place where everything is not as it seems. Those are, that's the bones, that's where they're both the same. But where they greatly differ is that for starters, in the Norse tale, there are far more challenges. You know, each is each is given, each Thor, Loki, and Thialvi is given his own challenge. I should say this, I'll be talking a lot about Thor in the Land of the Giants now, which was the episode two episodes ago. If by chance you haven't listened to that episode, I probably would listen to that or this might get boring or I don't know. But just as a disclaimer. But so in Thor the Land of the Giants, you have Loki, Thor, and Thialvi traveling to the Land of Giants, where they end up at the court of Utgard Loki, the king of the giants. And Utgard Loki challenges each of them to a different test of skill. So Loki has to eat, Thialvi has to run, Thor has to drink, and then Thor also has to wrestle a cat, and Thor has to wrestle an old wet nurse. 
all to prove his strength and none of them can do any of the tasks at all and then it is later revealed that it is all a mystery and that thor or loki couldn't eat couldn't eat fast enough because his opponent was actually wildfire who eats everything in his past thialvi was racing against thought and thought is always faster than action and thor couldn't drink finished this drinking horn because he was actually drinking the oceans of the world and he drank so much that he actually created tides low and high which is how the Norse explained the concept of tides and the cat he was trying to lift up was actually Jormungunda the world serpent and the old wet nurse was old age who weakens all in the end and that's probably where it gets closer to this story of Fionn McCool in the old man's house because we don't have old age we have the opposite we have youth so we have Fionn and Conan Mal and Dermot Odivna. We have these three very different warriors who we've encountered together before. Although it's nice to have another story with Fionn and Dermot when they're not on the outs. And similarly with Conan Mal. Conan Mal we've only really met in the Hostel of the Quicken Trees. And it has been so long since we did the Fianna. It was... If I was in America, that was, you know, February, March of 2019, which certainly seems <laughs> very long ago now. So I just wanted to give a bit of a refresher and uh, as much for myself as anybody else of the world that we were in, you know, with Fionn talking about salmon knowledge, Ali and the Burner, and the connection with Gull McMorna, Gull, his enemy turned friend turned enemy again and Conan Mal has this kind of relationship with him as well and in the hostel of the quicken trees we had Conan Mal being stuck to the ground and then yes having to having his skin ripped off and fastened the patch fastened with the skin of a sheep and that he had to be routinely shaved every year incredible incredible com- comic very Irish image you know, of the absurdly comic placed in an otherwise quite serious tale. That's that's quite... That's, if we had any trademarks in our mythology, I would say that that would be one. But so we have these three figures. You have, you know, Fionn, the everyman stoic older character. Conan Mal, we picture as this big, brutish, bald, looking kind of like Zangief in Street Fighter. And then we have Dermot Odivna, young, very good-looking, picture him much slimmer, wafier. We have these three, this motley crew, and they go into this old man's house. And there, they encounter this goat. And the goat seems as quite a Norse element as well, because we have in Thor and the Land of Giants, we have the two goats that Thor is rides pulls his chariot up to Thialvi's house and his goats who he is able to kill, make goat stew and then rebuild the next day. So we have this goat who is the world and there's something beautiful about the idea of a goat as the world because goats are, they, they can be quite violent. You know, a goat will charge at you and they have those similar eyes that sheep have, the like kind of slanted it's it's slit like eyes. They're really terrifying to actually look in the same in in the eyes with. They have their horns, this temper they are known for. They buck and thrash. They can root themselves to the wall. And there's something about the rough 
unpredictability, but something still quite endearing about goats that makes it seem like a really actually apt metaphor for the unpredictability and strange beauty of the world. So it seems quite silly to have the world as a goat, but I actually think there's a lot more to it. So we have the bucking, thrashing goat who cannot be controlled by anyone. Then we have this girl. We have the opposite of Ellie, the old age in in the Norse tale, the counterpoint to it. We have youth. And that youth that we had us, that we all have youth at one time in our lives. And of course, we don't really appreciate it until it's gone. It's a, it's a sobering thought as as someone who is, is still quite young. I'm 27. And I would like to think that I am enjoying my youth. But I have no doubt that when it is gone, I will look back and think of all the things I could have done. That's just human. And we try to live our lives with as few regrets as possible. Because we know how much they can eat away at us. I've seen it happen with many, many people. So we have the very somber, sobering thought of youth who we all had. And then finally we have the old man himself. So the old man himself is death, and only death can control the world. And it makes sense that youth would live in this world with death, as indeed old age would be would live there. You would feel Ellie, the wet nurse of Utgard-Loki, was about to come into the house there. And this, as they always are, this is very much my version of this story, but one place I thought Robin Williamson was perfect was with this ending, Usually, you know, I will wrap stories up a little bit, try and put a nice little bow on them at the end. But this felt like a tale that just ended and ended with that. My name is Death. And that is where I, I stayed very similar to this, to Williamson's version because that was just a perfect ending. I highly recommend it. Uh, look him up on Spotify or on YouTube. Robin Williamson, Fionn McCool in The Old Man's House wonderful harper harp player the harp is the original accompaniment to irish music and to irish stories it is as old and traditional as it gets the idea of playing a harp while telling a tale which of course speaks right up to my my uh, liking of things i adore that kind of thing and the harp is such a beautiful instrument anyway so it's well worth listening to that and other stuff of his And with that, I am going to begin to wrap things up. And you know what? That was actually quite a nice... My first episode back recording from home, that actually was quite a nice one. It had been a few months since I had recorded one of these from home. So I had to kind of re-figure out how to set up the recording and all with this this mic and get the acoustics right and all. So I hope it sounds good. I... uh, when we're in the editing room now <laughs> the editing room it's the same as the recording room i'll i'll know now and i'll be able to see and hopefully that you won't be able to notice too much of a drop in quality i mean theoretically it's a it's a really good mic i invested in and it's really only the room itself which i don't think you hear too much of because i stay quite close to the mic but it naturally is is just a bedroom it's not a soundproofed recording studio like the beautiful Serenities of the Headstuff Podcast Network studio the thing you just really have to contend with is uh, is what's outside for example I have this neighbour uh, he's a very old hermit he's a kind of Boo Radley Kill a Mockingbird kind of figure and 
he has a car that is so old and he doesn't even really drive it anywhere. But what he does is he just comes out once a day and it always seems to be exactly when I'm recording the podcast to just run the engine. So I just have to contend with this. For several minutes and it's a nightmare and it feels like he's doing it specifically to thwart me. And then we also had a bit of hedge trimming at the beginning there, which didn't last actually as long. When I heard the hedge trimming start before I recorded, I thought, well, I'm never getting this episode recorded now. But then it actually did stop, so I hope you didn't hear it at all. So those are the things you're contending with, you know. Which, hey, it's all part of it, and delighted to have it, and delighted to have you all still listening to it. So I feel we're back in the groove now. Good episode to start it back with, and I'm excited to continue recording Fireside from home until we can return to Headstuff once again. And with that, thank you to all of the Headstuff, nonetheless, to Alan, Paddy and Connor for continuing to allow me to do this uh, with your fine selves. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, please do follow me on Instagram at firesidebart. Email me at thefiresidebart at gmail.com. Support the patreon.com to further the world, to con- to further the tradition of Irish storytelling and the very exciting new project that I can't wait to tell you all about. I'll see you all. You'll hear me all next time. And remember, wherever you are and wherever you go, you can always join me by the fireside. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.